Hello, humans. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Hidden Edges Radio. This is Very Deep Voice, Telly Krug on AM 950. I am talking to you live today. Uh, last Sunday I was live. This is the second Sunday in a row live. What do you know? And if you're on Facebook live, you can see me as well as my guest today. We have a a bang-up show. So remember, Hidden Edges Radio, this show generally is about surviving the human condition and how all of us are attempting to survive. And of the people who are surviving, um, most obviously, because I have this saying that I'm a survivor of the human condition, it's just that my survivorship is far more public since uh, my appearance doesn't match my voice. So we're talking about transgender people today. And I have a really, really great guest, Nicole Vanderheiden from Transforming Families of Minnesota. Nicole, welcome. Hi, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Oh, you're well. uh, Well, I'm thrilled to have you. I've been trying to have you on. You did not know that, but I've been trying to have you on for some time. And uh, today's topic... So uh, is about trans, uh, transgender kids and youth, well, and transgender humans in general, if we get to it. Um, if you want, uh, no, I want you to call in. Our number is 952-946-6205. Give that to you again, 952-946-6205. We're on Facebook. Uh, you can send questions in to the station via Facebook, and the trustee, Eric Nelson, will pick those up and and get me those questions as well. So we would, if you are the parent or um, a friend of a trans kid or trans youth and you have questions or you want to share a commentary about what it means to be um, the care, uh, the uh, loved one of a trans kid or youth, or uh, if you have questions about what it means to be transgender and you've got, uh, you're wondering about uh, your th- four-year-old um, uh, a child assigned uh, male at birth because they were born uh, with that kind of plumbing, but now keeps telling you that uh, they are a girl, um, give us a call at 952-946-6205. Nicole, um, tell me, if you would, uh, what is Transforming Families um, of Minnesota about? And uh, you had a special, today is a special day, and do you want to share about that? Maybe we should start with that. Sure. Um, so today is the uh, Day of the Transgender Child. Um, it's a, this is the second annual Day of the Transgender Child. We hold this celebration every year on May 20th. It's exactly uh, six months set off from um, the um, Trans Day of Remembrance. So this is uh, kind of in the opposite vein. Uh, instead of a, a morning of the end of life, this is a celebration of, of the early life of young trans folks and a gathering of resources and energy uh, to support them and create a better world for them. And we should probably make clear that Transgender Day of Remembrance happens every November 20th, and it actually is a day to, to remember, to honor uh, transgender people who have suffered um, violence in their lives, many, and we know that many transgender uh, people, particularly transgender women of color, um, lose their lives uh, to violence. And that day we, we remember them, right? Right. That and day to- we, we remember them, and, and today we celebrate our, our youth. Yep. So. And today's a whole lot better day. So your nonprofit, tell us about what um, Transforming uh, Families in Minnesota is about. So um, our mission is to create a better world for transgender youth and their families. Um, We do that in a couple ways. Um, Number one, our our biggest focus is to create uh, safe and supportive uh, environments uh, for peer support. Uh, We have peer support meetings on a monthly basis in Minneapolis and St. Paul and Rochester, Minnesota. Um, We're constantly expanding. Um, We're going to every Pride Festival that we can throughout the summer. Uh, to reach folks uh, in greater Minnesota and connect them with our organization and uh, explore the possibility of creating new chapters. Um, right now, we're looking at a new chapter in Savage for the South Metro wow. and possibly okay. up in Duluth. Okay. Um, so, But the peer support meetings are only one aspect of it. Um, we also do a lot of advocacy. Uh, we were involved in a coalition of organizations that pushed for a transgender toolkit for uh, trans students through the Minnesota Department of Education yep. last year. Do you, are you, do you know much about that? I, I absolutely do, and congratulations. You got that done. <laughs> yeah, we got that done. So that's uh, uh, guidance that was, that was uh, 
created and and adopted by the Minnesota Department of Education uh, to help schools know how to support the trans students who uh, who they're serving in order to create a safe and supportive learning environment for all of their students. Only later to have the de- uh, U.S. Department of Education um, uh, try and undercut some of that. Right, right. Uh, yeah, it was... Um, so the U.S. Department of Education kind of backtracked on some Obama-era um, policies that encouraged schools to uh, support their trans students. Um, and so in response to the um, dismissal of that, I mean, this had g- been going on before um, the current administration um, kind of undermined trans students na- nationwide. But this was the perfect timing to kind of uh, correct that action in Minnesota, at least. All right. Well, callers, we're uh, speaking with Nicole Vanderheiden from Transforming Families Minnesota. We'd love to hear from you if you are the parent or a relative or a friend of a trans kid or youth. Call us at 952-946-6205. So, Nicole, yesterday, uh, Transforming Families Minnesota had a picnic. Right. In celebration of the Day of the Transgender Child. Um, it was our second annual picnic. Um, we had about... 300 folks that came out. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. 300. Yeah, it was quite an event. We had a number of, of different activities and, and things. We had a silent auction with over 100 items, totaling a value of over $5,000, donated by uh, generous companies and organizations and individuals um, throughout um, Minnesota who care about transgender youth and, and want to create opportunities for them. We had a resource fair with uh, over a dozen organizations that that serve and, and create space for transgender youth. We had a couple of amazing guest speakers. Uh, Minneapolis City Council Vice President Andrea Jenkins came out and shared some of uh, her powerful poetry. And uh, City Council Member Philippe Cunningham came out and gave a stirring, uh, inspiring speech uh, to our families, to our parents, and to our youth um, celebrating uh, um their uh, their existence, letting them know, like, it's okay to be trans, it's okay to take joy in that, not just to deal with it or cope with it, but to celebrate the fact that you exist in the world. Oh, that's great. What a wonderful message. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, listeners, uh, we'd love to hear from you at 952-946-6205 if you are the parent or relative of a trans kid or youth. So, Nicole, 300 families yesterday. Oh, my goodness. That's or 300 people. Mm-hmm. Um, how many uh, families are, you know, involved with transforming families? Do you have any idea? Yeah. Um, so we have on our uh, mailing list of participants uh, nearly 400 uh uh, parents and family members, uh, and those don't represent every individual of the family, of course. If we're going to count individuallys, right. uh, then that would probably be closer to uh, five, six hundred. Um, we have an uh, uh, online network of nearly 400 individuals throughout the state, um, or folks who have been involved in transforming families and have since moved uh, elsewhere, folks in North Carolina, in Florida, in Ontario. Um, so okay. our, our reach is, uh, at this point, uh, international. And so uh, Transforming Families Minnesota, you provide peer support. When you say peer support, can you say what that is? Yeah, our, um, our peer support networks are, are kind of uh, revolutionary in, in, um, as, as far as it comes to serving uh, trans youth in that we... Um, we try to make sure that all of our youth programming is uh, directed and run by and supported by uh, transgender adults. So um, the whole family would come and we would break out into age groups. So the parents would get together and talk about how to support their youth, celebrate the the, um, the happenings in their youth's lives, um, and ask for advice on things that they're trying to deal with, legal issues, education issues, things like that. The teens would go off, and I'm actually the teen facilitator, the joy of my life. <laughs> to deal with the to de- get to spend time with these teens every single month, um, so, and then we've got a middle school facilitator who's also trans, and and a, a children's group facilitator and assistant facilitator who are both trans. Um, so we get to create these spaces where these kids can just express themselves and 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 talk about their challenges and celebrate their joys with folks who definitely just understand and create can create space for that. Okay. All right. And. You know, my experience as I uh, do my work is that I'm encountering a lot of parents who 
are facing challenges, who are, first of all, many of them are accepting of their children, but they're afraid for their child, for being bullied in schools and things like that. And, uh, and, and then uh, parents who, who don't know where to turn in terms of resources. Um, I, I assume that you're providing some kind of support for parents in, in, in all those regards, yes? Absolutely. We make space for parents in all stages of, of their journey. Um, some parents who um, aren't quite comfortable um, even fully acknowledging their children's gender and their pronouns. Um, if, if we don't make patient space for that, then we don't make opportunity for growth. And so um, I think that parents, no matter where they are, when they, when they come to transforming families, they don't feel judged. They don't feel pushed out. They just feel supported and, and encouraged in uh, finding new ways that they can support their kid if that's um, working hard on, on using the correct pronouns, if that's uh, uh, working hard on fighting uh, for their kids to have uh, a safe and supportive learning environment at their schools, dealing with administrators and things like that. Okay. Well, so when we come back from our break, I want to hear more about uh, Transforming Families Minnesota. What is your website, real quick, that you could give out? TFFMN.org. Okay, that's the website for Transforming Families Minnesota. When we come back from our break, I want to talk more about your nonprofit. Callers, we'd love to hear from you at 952-946-6205. You're listening to me, Ellie Krug, with Hidden Edges Radio. I've been speaking to Nicole Vanderheiden um, with Transforming Families in Minnesota. If you like what you hear, email me at hiddenedgesradio at gmail.com. Visit my website at elliekrug.com. Sign up for my newsletter, The Ripple, and we will be back in a few minutes after we pay the bills. Thanks. Branding Electrolysis on Grand Avenue in St. Paul has been a leader in permanent hair removal for people of all skin types and backgrounds for over 30 years, celebrating diversity and priding themselves on finding the right treatment plan for each client's individual needs, regardless of race or gender. Services include electrolysis, body waxing, facials, microneedling, and permanent makeup. Book your 60-minute complimentary consultation, including a 15-minute treatment today, for beautiful, lasting results. Visit BrendingElectrolysis.com. I'm Steve Conklin. And Jake Duroff. We're the hosts of the all-new Mortgage Talk Show, Sundays at 1230. Steve, what are we going to talk about this week? We're going to be discussing Mortgage 101, the very basics of mortgage, whether it's your first home or your hundredth home. We're going to be discussing ways where you can save money and a lot of headaches. Check us out for more information or email us any questions at mortgagetalkshow.com. Tune in to the Mortgage Talk Show every Sunday at 1230 on AM 950. Minnesota's appliance specialists at Warner's Deli and are offering memorable savings right now. Choose any Bosch or KitchenAid dishwasher at our guaranteed price, then save more with free installation from our trusted specialists. Save hundreds on top-rated laundry pairs, French door refrigerators, and more kitchen packages than you can count. Warner's Deli has all the best brands, including Whirlpool, GE, Frigidaire, LG, and Samsung. Memorable savings on appliances now through June 2nd can only be found at Minnesota's original appliance specialist, Warner Stallion. It's a good day to be indigenous. Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake. Our weekly Native American talk radio show will discuss national and local Native American news and events. Local and national guests will help us keep current with Mother Earth, tribal, and Twin City issues. Native American issues are human issues. We invite all people to walk hand-in-hand with our struggles, victories, and achievements. Listen Saturdays at 2 p.m. I am awake. Hello, this is Ellen Krug from Hidden Edges Radio. When I'm not on the radio, I'm standing in front of audiences training about diversity and inclusion and on how to be welcoming to others who are different from us. More than ever, employers and organizations need professional diversity and inclusion training. I can offer that training through my company, Human Inspiration Works, LLC. I'd love to make your workplace or organization more welcoming. For more information, go to humaninspirationworks.com. Thank you. Lowry Hill Meats, your neighborhood full-service butcher shop that works directly with family farms. Using whole animals gives Lowry Hill Meats the benefit of preparing custom cuts and dry aging. They offer beef, lamb, goat, pork, and poultry, including whole duck, roasting hens, turkey, quail, pheasant, and Cornish hens. Their sausages are made fresh in-house weekly using 40 rotating recipes. Try their handcrafted sandwiches. They are second to none. Lowry Hill Meats is located at 1934 Hennepin Avenue in Minneapolis or online at LowryHillMeats.com. 
Welcome back to Hidden Edges Radio. This is Ellie Krug, your host. We're on AM 950. I've been speaking to Nicole Vanderheiden with Transforming Families Minnesota. If you are a parent or a loved one of a trans kid or youth, give us a call if you've got questions about what it means to be transgender, if you have questions about your child or the loved one in your family is saying X or Y about their gender, my number, our number at 952-946-6205. We would love to hear from you. How often do you get to talk to two transgender people on the radio at once? How do you like that? And so, Nicole, before we broke, um, we were talking a little bit about that, um, uh, the day of um, the transgender child. Why do transgender children need to have their own day? Well, I think that um, there are a lot of stereotypes and assumptions about trans folks. When, when a lot of uh, cisgender folks think transgender, they, they picture adult trans women. There's this Laverne fixation. Cox. Right, Laverne Cox. Uh, and there's this fixation in our society about uh, trans women when, we, when it comes to the bathroom discussion. It's all about trans women. When uh, only one-third of transgender people are trans women, according to this latest uh, giant survey of, of trans folks, one-third are trans men and one-third are non-binary. Gender non-conforming, yep. Okay. Yeah, so uh, we need a day to celebrate trans children so that when these trans children are uh, expressing their gender and, and gender non-conforming children are expressing their gender and, and how it uh, might differ from their gender assigned at birth, then uh, their parents can recognize it for what it is. Um, uh, they themselves can recognize it for what it is, and they can get the support and the resources uh, around, um, uh, around that. And what are, uh, uh, hold on a second, let me give a shout out. Again, callers, we'd love to hear, listeners, we'd love to hear from you at 952-946-6205. So let's assume that a parent has a child, a little three-year-old, um, who was assigned male at birth because they were born with that kind of plumbing. And, and the child is saying, Mommy, you know, I'm a girl. I'm not a boy. I want to wear girl clothes. I want to play with girl um, toys. Um, what, what should the parents do in that scenario? I know you're not a, psychi- a psychologist, and I know you're not a medical doctor, but you're working with these populations that sounds so clinical in and of itself, but you're working with these humans. And mm-hmm. so what do you think? Um, I think that the first and foremost, most important thing is to support the child. I think that um, a lot of folks are afraid of, of embracing the child and, and, and believing the child and, and living into that. And I, I, I can't fathom why, because um, if, if, you, if you parent the child who's in front of you today, and, and they're saying, I'm a, I'm a girl when they were assigned male at birth, for instance, or if they're saying, I'm a boy when they were assigned female at birth. Um, and, and you celebrate that and you, and you use their chosen pronouns and, and you explore a name with them that, 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 that they prefer. Then even if it doesn't, even if it doesn't, uh, if it's not a, a permanent part of their personality, what they know going forward is that mom and dad or whoever it is that is their caregiver will support and love them and and embrace uh, their truth at every stage in their life. Well, and and what parents are afraid of, of course, is that there is great difficulty. I mean, we are a society where we want to have people in one category or the other, and um, many in society believe that those categories are immutable. You know, once assigned male at birth, always male forever, the rest of your life. Um, you know, I, and what do you find that parents are afraid of? Are they afraid that um, somehow uh, they're going to be judged by family members or from members of the community? I think that that's definitely a part of it, um, that the parents are afraid that um, their parenting uh, ability will be uh, called into question um, in supporting and loving their Oh, that child. they screwed up, they made little Danny into Sally. <laughs> right, right, that, 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 they, that they messed up in, in doing that or that they're messing up in, in uh, allowing the child to express themselves. Uh, some people call that like permissive parenting when it's just supporting and loving your child for who they are. Well, I don't know if you know this, but I do a lot of speaking across the country. And I hear from uh, the parents of, uh, and uh, other caregivers of transgender youth and I do get, I get the question, you know, my, you know, my um, sister has, you know, my nephew who says that he is really a girl, you know, and I've been trying to support her. 
You know, one of the things that I always tell people with younger um, um, children and youth who are identifying uh, inconsistent with their uh, gender assigned at birth is it's about um, consistent gender identification. So if little Danny is saying that uh, they are uh, really a girl and want to be known as Sally, um, I tell everyone that I hear it really depends, I mean, Danny's got to be saying that for a long time, not just for like two weeks. Right. If, if they're demonstrating insistent, persistent, and consistent uh, 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 proclamation of their gender, then, then there's no reason whatsoever to doubt that. But I think even, even if, it's, if it's just coming up for, for the first time or if it's just been for a week or so, if the kid is saying, I'm a girl and I use female pronouns, what is the harm of, of, of embracing that? And you, I mean, you parent the child you have in front of you today. Some kids go back and forth when it comes to pronouns. They're not confused. They're exploring themselves. And, and, and they, we need to make space for that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And when we don't, uh, when we don't make space for that, it creates uh, some uh, real great distress in the youth, for sure. It can have lethal consequences. 40% of, of transgender youth have attempted suicide by the time they reach adulthood because they live in unsupportive households, unsupportive school environments. And I think that when we look at that statistics, that, that, that 40% of these kids are trying to end their lives, these kids, children, then we have to acknowledge that we as a society might be doing something wrong in, in not supporting and embracing them for who they are. Right, right. Well, I mean, just uh, um, uh, this week I spoke to a 17-year-old transgender girl in uh, juvenile uh, confinement in Alamosa County, Colorado, um, who had attempted to take her life by stealing a police officer's gun. And uh, she was now in lockup because of, of that. Um, thankfully, which was a real great surprise to me, the folks at the confinement facility in Alamosa um, County, Colorado, uh, were extremely thrilled that a transgender person was calling to speak to this person, to the 17-year-old, um, because um, they, they, wanted that, they wanted her to get some support and some help. Absolutely. I've got a dear friend in uh, Hennepin County Corrections who is, is really com- uh, uh, passionate about uh, creating space and ensuring that uh, policies exist around uh, acknowledging and embracing. Uh, she works with, with um, uh, uh, juvenile detention uh, to make sure that, that there's space and, and language around embracing these children for who they are. Right. And, and- and I just think that it, it gets very scary for people in a variety of ways. Um, but I also believe that most people want to do the right thing. Most people want to be supportive. It's just that we get very afraid. Now, Nicole, when we come back, you've got quite a story um, associated with you. And um, when we come back, I'd like to, if it's all right, speak to you and, and hear a little bit about your story. Okay? Absolutely. Callers, we'd love for you to call in at 952-946-6205. Uh, you're not callers yet until you actually call. Until then, you're listeners. You're listening to me, Ellie Krug, um, on Hidden Edges Radio. I've been speaking with Nicole Vanderheid Vander from Transforming Families Minnesota. If you like what you hear, um, uh, check out my website at elliekrug.com. We'll be back in a minute. Thank you. Hello, this is Ellen Krug from Hidden Edges Radio. When I'm not on the radio, I'm standing in front of audiences training about diversity and inclusion and on how to be welcoming to others who are different from us. More than ever, employers and organizations need professional diversity and inclusion training. I can offer that training through my company, Human Inspiration Works, LLC. I'd love to make your workplace or organization more welcoming. For more information, go to humaninspirationworks.com. Thank you. Hi, this is Gregory Rich from Habitation Furnishing and Design, and I'd like you to tune in to a new program, Drink in the Style. Sundays at 5 p.m., Drink in the Style is going to be a one-hour conversation about interior design and aesthetics, all while enjoying a cocktail created by a local mixologist. Drink in the Style, Sundays at 5 p.m., brought to you by Habitation Furnishing and Design. Hello, this is Ralph Nader, host of the Ralph Nader Radio Hour. 
Join me and my guests every week when we dive deeply into the subjects that matter to you the most, but are rarely on the mass media. Every Sunday for early birds at 7 a.m. and Monday at 6 a.m. And if you're not an early bird, 9 p.m. on Monday, right here on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. April blizzards bring more than May flowers. They also bring those hot, steamy Minnesota summer days. Fortunately, Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is bringing you relief with its Spring Savings Sale. That's right, when you install a new furnace and air conditioner in May, you can save up to $1,700, escape the heat, and sleep comfortably all summer long. All at a great price. See Standard Heating's website for details at standardheatingdeals.com. That's standardheatingdeals.com. Some restrictions apply. Are you trying to live stream on Facebook, on YouTube, Tired of no one watching your videos? Well, whether you're a beginner or a veteran, you can have better results. Hi, it's Mike McEntee with The Uptake. We're famous for our live streaming of thousands of events that are watched by millions. I want to help you live stream video like a pro for your cause, your group, or your company. I'm teaching a class on June 9th where you'll learn how to use your phone or a professional camera to deliver the best live experience for your audience. I'll teach you how to attract an audience and how to keep reaching that audience when you're no longer live. Find out what platform works best for what you're trying to do. Sign up now at theuptake.org slash classes. Space is limited. Go to theuptake.org slash classes to sign up for this June 9th class. There's a $70 charge, but there's a discount for students and low-income people. That's theuptake.org slash classes to learn how to live stream like a pro. With your AM950 weather, this is Eric Nelson. Today will be mostly sunny with a high near 70. Tonight, partly cloudy with a low around 49. Monday, a 20% chance of rain with highs of 70 and lows around 53. Tuesday, a high of 78 and a low of 60. Your Eat Local Minnesota's Restaurant of the Week is the Downtowner Woodfire Grill. The Downtowner is a perfect choice for breakfast, lunch, and dinner seven days a week. Experience their cozy fireside dining alongside their delicious food and extensive wine list. Check out the full menu at downtownerwoodfire.com. Welcome back to Hidden Edges Radio. This is Ellie Krug. I should add, I, I haven't said it this entire show, but I will say it, which is, regular listeners, you know, I'm one of the relatively few transgender radio hosts in the world. That and $3.43, no, it's $3.53 now will get you a cup of hot chocolate at Caribou. Welcome back. Uh, we've been speaking with Nicole Vanderheiden, who is the executive director of Transforming Families of Minnesota. And Nicole, um, uh, you are part-time executive director, and then I know you've got a lot of other things going on in the world, but why don't you tell us a little bit about your story? You, like me, are transgender. Um, oh, I just outed you. And um, <laughs> I know, I know. And um, so Tell us your story. Right. Um, I'm a very out and loud and proud transgender woman. I think that's important in, uh, as, in, in, in uh, uh, working with the youth that I work with to, to set that example that this is nothing to be ashamed of or scared of. This is, this is something that's just a part of you and that you, that you, that you live life with. Um, so I um, grew up in a very conservative Christian evangelical household and uh, was taught uh, very effectively to kind of just shove this deep down yep. inside and forget Suppression. about it. Suppression, yep, mm -hmm. yep. So hold on just a second. Callers, if you want to call in, we would love to hear from you at 952-946-6205. So Nicole taught on an early age to suppress. Right, and the, the effect that that had on me was that um, it led to a number of mental health issues. Um, Where did I you grow up? I grew up in Rochester. I spent, okay. I would call that my hometown. I kind of, I mean, I, was, I spent my childhood in Denver, um, but I, I would call Rochester my hometown. That's where I, I those were my formative years. Um, and, and one of the things that I experienced because of that uh, deep repression was um, uh, depression and, and uh, suicidality. Um, like many of our of our trans youth who are in non-supportive environments, um, I... Uh, 
I, I went through a very dark period of my life uh, that, that was directly tied to, to not being able to embrace and acknowledge who I was. Um, but I made it through that period and continued to suppress and push down uh, this, this uh, knowledge that I was different in my gender. Can, and I, can I ask you how old you are? I am 32. 30, I just turned 33. So. <laughs> okay. All right. Just a baby. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Okay. Just a young one. All right. So uh, go ahead. Yeah. And so uh, then I joined the Air Force and I was in the Air Force for six years. So in addition to my advocacy for trans youth, I am a very involved and passionate advocate for transgender service members and transgender veterans. Yep. You have been uh, interviewed on the news multiple times about that. So Right. Because this administration in particular has been very, uh, has had a lot of animosity towards uh current service members, and that's at this point bleeding over really heavily into the Department of Veteran Affairs, and it's affecting not just transgender service members who are currently serving, but uh, transgender veterans, the um, 134,000 or more veterans who are transgender. Hold on a second. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What You just said a figure of how many... How many um, uh, U.S. service member veterans are trans-identified? Up to uh, 134,000 or more. Um, because, that is like the whole population of Rochester. Uh, more than, more <laughs> yeah. than. Um, and that's because uh, trans folks serve at a rate of twice that of the general population. About 10% of the general population uh, has served in the military, and about one in five trans folks has. So this is a very, I mean, when it comes to the Department of Veteran Affairs, this affects one in five trans folks. It's a very big wow. deal. Wow. Okay. I did not know that. Now you're teaching me. So mm-hmm. thank you. All right. So give us, so you joined the Air Force, yes? Yeah, I joined the Air Force um, and I got out in 2012. I uh, achieved the rank of Staff Sergeant. Once once I got out, it was within a year that I, that I started transitioning. Um, and because I separated voluntarily, um, I'm able to uh, maintain uh, the benefits that I'm entitled to. If I had been separated non-voluntarily, then I would not have that. Right. I'm a disabled veteran, so I get all of my health care at the Department of Veteran Affairs. However, they have a blanket ban on surgical uh, care for transgender veterans. Um, and that is not turning around anytime soon under this administration, especially under uh, the name that they just put forward for the Secretary of Veteran Affairs, Robert Wilkie, who helped um, push and develop the, the, the ban on transgender service members. So that's how it bleeds over from... Oh, my God. I did not know that either. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So, all right. So you transitioned in um, what, 2013? Uh, yep, in 2013. Um, so I'm five years going on. And... Um, and I've, I mean, I've always been really passionate about what I do. When I was, when I drank the Kool-Aid, when I was an evangelical Christian, I was, I was really passionate about, um, I mean, I majored in biblical and theological studies. I minored in biblical languages. Um, wow. And, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm a passionate person. And so, and so once I transitioned and, and saw the, the pain and, 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 and the, the, uh, the anger that exists in our society towards transgender folks, I knew I had to jump in and do something. So I've, I've, I've poured myself into advocacy and, and, and working with, with trans youth in that. So. Okay. And, uh, and so you're, you're doing a part-time work as the executive director of, um, Transforming Families of Minnesota. So, uh, that's important work. And what else are you doing now to carry out your passion? Right. I'm also, well, I'm a full-time federal employee. Um, Of course, I would never uh, dare to speak for the federal government, but um, um, I've been really impressed with how my my agency has has made space for um, uh, trans employees, despite the fact that my ultimate boss is Donald Trump. Um, Can I ask what agency? Uh, I'm, I, I would like to not get into that. Okay, that's fine. Sure. Right. Um, but but my passion, my heart work is is all around advocacy with trans uh, trans youth, trans service members, trans veterans. Okay. All right. Well, that's great. Uh, listeners, if you have an interest, give us a call. Please, we'd love to hear from you at 952-946-6205. I've been speaking with Nicole Vanderheiden um, from Transforming Families Minnesota, which has a website of... TFFMN.org. And if people want to contribute, because your organization, you told me off the air, you have a budget of $25,000, which I'm just um, going to tell you is not enough. 
It's not enough. And and it goes to, uh, so I said earlier that um, all of our youth programming is facilitated by transgender folks. We don't do free trans labor. As, as the executive director, I'm compensated very well. Um, and, and all of our youth facilitators are paid at least $15 an hour for the work that they put into uh, facilitating, preparing for facilitation and actively facilitating our, our youth programming. So we're very passionate about that. And we also do a lot of outreach to greater Minnesota. We're going to hit as many pride festivals as we can this year, and that's very expensive. So we can uh, reach these these trans youth and their families throughout Minnesota, throughout the region. We've got folks who come for hours to, to get to our peer support meetings. So we'd like to uh, create these chapters throughout throughout the region so are they don't gonna, have to travel so far. Are you going to be up in Grand Marais on June 23? On June 23, we're hoping, we're hoping. Um, we haven't made any reservations as of yet, we've been really, really pouring ourselves into planning for this day of the transgender child, which is today. Okay. So. All right. Well, I will be up there. So I'm going to be speaking up in Grand Marais on the, for their pride. I just thought I'd throw that, throw that in there. Sorry. Um, we will make it a point to try to be there. Okay. All right. Well, if you are, look me up. And, uh, you know, uh, listeners, we'd love to hear from you at 952-946-6205. Um, as I speak to Nicole Vanderheiden uh, from Transforming Families Minnesota, you know, it's very rare that you would ever have two transgender people on the radio at the same time doing different work within the, organ- within the community. And so it is really a great opportunity to call and ask us any questions. Uh, Nicole, let's pick back up on what's going on with our vets and with our, you know, the VA is in disarray right now, um, generally. Uh, and, and I did not know that, um, the, uh, that Robert Wilkie, who is the new, um, uh, um, nominee at least for the Department of Veterans, what I did not know his gross, uh, anti-trans bias. Where does that come from? Absolutely. Um, and I think that a lot of folks aren't aware of that. Even when it came to, uh, democratic, uh, commentary on Robert Wilkie, they were saying, well, hopefully he can stay above politics and minister the VA because of course he's Republican. I mean, of anybody, the, the, the Republican president's going to nominate a Republican. That's okay. So re- many Republicans are really, you know, trans, uh, favorable. So. Absolutely. And so, and so the hope is that any of these nominees would be able to step above that party and, and just generally pour themselves into serving the community that they're going to. But Robert Wilkie is completely unable to do that. That. And and I think the Democratic lawmakers are unaware of this, and and the general population is unaware of his role in in pushing for the latest version of the ban on transgender service members. So that's going to bleed over as as he uh, uh, administers the the health care of transgender veterans who are already being denied life saving care through the VA. Um, that's not going to end anytime soon, and I'm sure that it, the situation will deteriorate deteriorate rather than improve. That is horrible to hear. What is the uh, status of, of trans service members? Can they still sign up? I mean, I know that we've had several federal courts uh, say that the ban is unconstitutional. What is the Department of Defense doing? It has gone back and forth. There have been uh, uh, new service members who have been assessed into the military, and, and there have been periods of time in which recruitment was closed. Um, and that's the thing about this administration is every, everything's in chaos. They're not able to execute these, these, these policies consistently. So it's going back and forth on whether or not trans uh, service members are welcome, whether or not uh, um, active, actively serving current trans service members are able to access health care that they've been able to access before, whether or not they're able to update their documents and their records. Um, I'm currently trying to update my DD-214, which is my service record, which is under my former name because it's a very difficult process. And right, right now, right. I'm not even sure if that's going to get approved. So, Okay. Well, and that's got to be very distressing where you can't leave what was your former identity and, and, and be able to live totally 100% as you. I'm, frankly, I'm always – I never talk about um, what was my male name, and I'm always um, – concerned uh, that that name and uh, not that there are many pictures, but that something will surface on social media about me. Of course, now I'm giving people a bunch of ideas if you don't like me. Call me instead at 952-946-6205. I'd rather talk to you than have you stalk me on uh, social media. Um, But, you know, um, once we transition, 
we want a transition. We want everything to be the way that it's supposed to be, the way that we are uh, to live authentically and to be, have to bump back and forth. And I, I'm sorry that you have to do that because that's got to be very difficult emotionally. Absolutely. I mean, tran uh, uh, service members in general have a difficulty uh, adjusting back to civilian life after serving. Uh, there, is, uh, there are a number of experiences that might be traumatic or, or uh, the, the work that we do, the jobs we perform, don't necessarily translate to civilian employment. So there are a number of programs that, that exist to support transgender or that, to support service members in general. Uh, and a lot of transgender service members uh, have barriers in receiving that support because their, their identity documents don't match who they are. Maybe uh, their service records don't match their current IDs, etc. All right. Well, Nicole, when we come back from our break, we'll have our last segment. I want to talk about what it means to be trans in rural Minnesota, in greater Minnesota, um, because I know you're encountering that. I'm encountering that in, in my work. And then um, I want to uh, give the listeners who have trans kids or trans youth in their lives um, some tips on how to go forward with their people. We'd love to hear from you in the last segment, 952-946-6205. This is Ellie Krug on Hidden Edges Radio. We'll be back in a sec. I at Pride Institute, being LGBTQ plus is the norm, not the exception. Their highly trained and skilled staff understand your issues and will help you live a happy, healthy life as a proud LGBTQ plus person. They offer you hope to overcome your addiction and live the life you want. Their treatment programs are designed to assist you in developing the knowledge, skills, and attitudes for long-term recovery. Therapy groups include health education, LGBTQ issues, HIV and chronic illness, trauma, grief and loss, transgender support, nicotine recovery, education, and sexual health. Pride Institute offers a residential treatment program, a partial hospitalization program that includes day programming with lodging, and an intensive outpatient program. If you or someone in your life can benefit from guidance and coping skills, life balance, and other tools necessary for long-term recovery, check them out at pride-institute.com or call 800-547-7433 now. And the first sentence of his email said, I'd like to stay anonymous. And the second sentence said, I'd like to donate a million dollars to the Global Good Fund. Where should I send the check? I'm Tony Lloyd, and I'm the host of the brand new show, Social Entrepreneur. If you love stories that engage, inform, and inspire, you don't want to miss it. Join us every Monday from 7 to 8 a.m. right here on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Burger Moe's is the perfect neighborhood gathering spot before and after Excel Center events or anytime. Moe is serious about burgers, offering 20 fresh, never frozen varieties. Burger Moe's also offers delicious appetizers, soups, salads, as well as unburgers, dogs, paninis, shakes, and desserts. Not to mention more than 60 beers on tap and happy hours twice daily. Burger Moe's is located at 242 West 7th Street in St. Paul with plenty of free parking and online at BurgerMoe's.com. Mishad Cooley Erickson, a mechanical and electrical consulting engineering firm in Minneapolis, supports inclusivity by designing spaces for all user groups, honoring inclusivity and respect. These spaces include gender-neutral family restrooms and nursing mothers' rooms. For example, Mishad Cooley Erickson has designed lactation rooms for traveling mothers at the MSP International Airport. Designing these spaces has changed the expectations of similar facilities in airports around the country. Mishad Cooley Erickson designed safe and comfortable environments for occupants who are their number one priority. Branding Electrolysis on Grand Avenue in St. Paul has been a leader in permanent hair removal for people of all skin types and backgrounds for over 30 years, celebrating diversity and priding themselves on finding the right treatment plan for each client's individual needs, regardless of race or gender. Services include electrolysis, body waxing, facials, microneedling, and permanent makeup. Book your 60-minute complimentary consultation, including a 15-minute treatment today, for beautiful, lasting results. Visit BrendingElectrolysis.com. And if you're back, no, I'm back. Welcome back to Hidden Edges Radio. This is Ellie Krug, your host. If you're watching on Facebook Live, you see that I'm always seat dancing um, when we have our bumper music come in because simply I don't, I don't get any dates, and so I don't get to dance other than here at AM 950. 
And so there you go. So I've got to take advantage of it. We're speaking with Nicole Vanderheiden from Transforming Families, Minnesota. If you'd like to call in 952-946-6205, uh, this will be your last chance to call in. So there you go. Nicole, let's talk one last time about your nonprofit before we go on to other su- another subject. Transforming Families, Minnesota. People want to get a hold of you. How do they do that? And they can go to our website, tffmn.org, and you can email us at info at tffmn.org. And can they follow you on Twitter? They can follow us on Twitter at transformfammn. They can uh, uh, hit us up on Facebook, too. We've got a very active uh, page on Facebook. That's a public page. It's a public page. Okay. Yep. And if they want to give, there's a link on our website. Yeah. Now, let's talk about that giving, okay? Because you told me a, bi- a budget of $25,000 for this very dynamic, important organization. I'm just telling you, $25,000 is um, not enough for your organization. Listeners, I'm just telling you, please um, investigate the nonprofit, and if you think that it is worthy... Um, certainly get it on your list. It is, um, I told Nicole today, it's on my list. I've given her something to prove that to her. So, um, all right. So, Nicole, uh, before we broke, we're talking about transgender people, humans in general. Here's what I, I'm finding. Um, I'm, you know, as you know, I'm speaking across the country. I'm going all over the place and into Canada. And I, time and again, I get people who are in rural areas, people who have no access to um, urban uh, resources like therapy and hospitals and stuff like that. What, what do you have for those folks? What, what does Transforming Families do for them? So as we do outreach at these Pride Festivals throughout the state and region, um, and as folks hear about us, maybe over the airwaves or, or what have you, they reach out to us and we connect them with our virtual or our digital uh, network. We've got nearly 400 folks on our uh, secret Facebook group. Nobody knows who's on it or can read any of the posts, but they're able to connect then with other parents who are experiencing things and, and other trans folks who are experiencing things uh, out there and, and, and are able to find resources and, and figure out how to cope with situations. So how does a, how does a parent um, or, or a caregiver for trans youth or um, kid get on to the, the private Facebook um, page for Transforming Families Minnesota where they can interface back and forth, right, with other caregivers and parents of kids. Right. Obviously, because of the sensitivity of it, um, we we screen people very, very pretty thoroughly. I want you to do that for sure. And so if they reach out to us at info at tffmn.org, then we're able to, to have a little conversation with them, find out what their needs are, uh, let them know what we offer and see if that m- matches up. And then we can connect them into our into our uh, support network, either online or, or, or one of our uh, support groups in Rochester, Minis- uh, Minneapolis or St. Paul. And then does the um, support go beyond Facebook? I mean, for example, do people Skype between themselves so that they can maybe get face-to-face kind of a communication between somebody in greater Minnesota and somebody in the Twin Cities? Absolutely. We've got um, uh, youth um, out in, in rural Minnesota who are all by themselves. It's, it's, it's a frightening place for a young person who has no support whatsoever. Um, but through our networks, we're able to connect them with resources and, and folks who are able to support them either virtually or, or uh, uh, provide them with, with support uh, in person and physically. And in our last four minutes... Nicole, what are the your top three recommendations for a parent or a or caregiver who is who has a, a a child or a youth in their life who says, "I'm not my gender is not what my plumbing equates to. It's in it's different." What what are your three top top three tips? Number one would be parent the child in front of you today. So if this is different from yesterday then it's different from yesterday. If your child is saying, I'm a girl today, then, you know, respect their pronouns. There's no harm in it. All they learn from that is that no matter where they're at, you're going to support them. Uh, number two would be fight for, for their right to exist. They're going to experience some hate. It is a challenging world out there. They're going to have uh, maybe school administrators or bullies at school. 
and you need to to be uh, you know mama bear or 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 whoever you are to 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 ensure that you're engaging with with the folks in their lives and and protecting them. And then the other thing I would say would be to get support, connect with other families, other parents, get your youth connected with other youth. Um, and Transforming Families is a great outlet for that. You can contact us at info at tffmn.org. And, and um, for those families that you're working with, I mean, are they finding that they have support? Are they finding that this is real, first of all, with their, with their children, that this isn't just something that they're seeing on social media and just making up in their heads, that this is just, that this is the way humans are. We're seeing that one in 50 youth identify as transgender. That's, that's, that's more than one every two, class, every two classrooms. So we're seeing a lot of folks who are coming to terms with the fact that their children uh, might not fit this general narrative, this binary narrative of assigned female at birth, always, fem- always female, you know. Right. And, and, you know, we have people who are um, afraid. I mean, one of the things when I speak uh, about what it means to be transgender is that you can't understand what it means to be trans uh, without, um, without uh, understanding how fear drives people. Right, and both both for the person who has is identifying as trans as well as the people around them. And one of the statistics that we see also is that uh, trans youth are not only more susceptible to being bullied, but they're more suspect, susceptible to bullying. Uh, Laverne Cox said, "Hurt people hurt people when when they're receiving this abuse and 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 pain, then then they deal it out in in kind." Um, so that's why it's so important to create space and and support for these youth uh, so that the they don't internalize that ugliness. And so we got a question that came in very quickly. What do you do to protect uh, trans kids from possible pre- predators? You have 20 seconds. Um, I would say just be really, really engaged with your youth. I mean, there are predators who would who would be after any any youth, um, but especially trans youth experience sexual assault and violence at, at greater rates. So be very engaged with them, and that's why it's so important to support them and 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 see where they're at and and engage with them where they're at, so that you know uh, who they're engaging with, where they're going for support, where they're going to to find validation. It's it's critical not to run away from your child, and it's critical. Not to suppress them, not to tell them, oh, Danny, you're wrong. You are a boy. Because this isn't going anywhere. That doesn't solve anything. It doesn't. Well, Nicole Vanderheiden, thank you from, uh, uh, from Transforming Families Minnesota. Thank you so very much for being on Hidden Edges Radio. We've loved having you. Thank you very much. Please contact us at info at tffmn.org or visit our website at the same. Okay, well, that's a great show. We've been on Hidden Edges Radio. We have another one in the can. A big thanks to our sponsors, the engineering firm Mashad Cooley Erickson, the Pride Institute, which is a drug and alcohol residential and outpatient recovery center, and Brending Electrolysis. Tell Bev I said hi and that I sent you. A huge thanks to Eric Nelson, my producer, who's doing great. And to you, my listeners, thank you. I'll be back next week. Take care. Bye-bye.